0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. My name is Sherry. My pups' names are Sunny and Riley, and each week we talk with different therapy dog teams around the world to find out about the impact they're making in their area. If you're just getting started and not sure where to get started, we have a free guide for you that you can find at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com, and we also have a free online community at community.therapydogtalk.com. I'm really excited for you to meet today's guest. You may already have seen them online, but we're talking with Brian and Magnus of Magnus the Therapy Dog today. Hi, Brian. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing?
1: Good. Thanks to having us. Okay, Thanks
0: for joining us. I'm really excited to find out more about your story. Absolutely. Well, for those who don't know you, would you like to introduce us to yourself and to your pop?
1: Sure. sure. So my name is Brian Benson, and I run the Canis Magnus Therapy Dog, and I'll show you Magnus right now. My boy is taking a nap.
0: Oh. Ma- Magnus. There's my <laughs> buddy
1: with his little squish mellow. This is kind of his nap time right now.
0: <laughs> so he's
1: uh, relaxing and chilling. So I'll give you our old backstory. Yeah. So Magnus and I work pet the therapy team. Some people don't realize that he actually is a therapy dog. They just think it's a name. We decided in 2018 to become a the therapy team. And the way it happened was, it was never planned. It was never intentional. Thing. So I got the magnus. He's now turning 7 in April. And we adopted him when he was a year and a half. The point was really just a family pet. I've had dogs my entire life. I love dogs. I think mean, life is better with the dog. He leveled everything up. And unfortunately at the time, and she still does, my oldest daughter has very severe arthritis in her entire body. When we adopted him. My daughter at the time was away. And I used to have to give her daily injections and weekly injections. It was very traumatic, very stressful. She'd cry. It was very, very hard for her. And we had a routine, but still it's you know, a very difficult thing for a kid. And we adopted him, new dog, new house. There was no initial bond. He wasn't trained. He didn't listen to anything. I said there was no connection. But even from the first day I would sit at my daughter, Riley, we'd get our prep ready for the you know, home injections. And she would just be shaking and crying. And it's just like I said, he just knew how to read people. You could teach a dog a lot of things. its would different tricks, all these different acrobatic things. But some things are just hard and wired. And he just has this empathy that is just innate with him. So he just understood that there's a person who needs some help of some kind. And he just went over to her. He didn't know who she was. He just knew to comfort her. He lied next to her. She would just start petting him, and you could just see she would just naturally start calming down, and her breathing would slow down, and she just was more at ease. That was like kind of the light bulb in the office of thinking, be selfish to just keep him as a pet for the family. Like, he's really just meant to do so much more. So I did research. We're affiliated with the Godot Foundation, which I'm in New York. So they're local to my area, the tri State area. And a few months later, I sorted the process again. I was basically certified as a pet therapy team. and It's been amazing. He was born for this job. He really was. It's incredible.
0: I love that. So you found that his reactions to your daughter made you want to research basically how to share him with other people. That's how you found out about therapy. Yeah,
1: and he even did the same thing. I used to work in the city community. I work in TV and film. That's my traditional job. Visual effects learns to TV and film. And sometimes it gets very stressful, very high pressure deliveries and everything's just high intensity, and high energy. And there were times I would bring him to work with him. You know, I worked at different companies because I yeah. freelance. Yeah. And he would sit behind my desk and clients wouldn't even know he was there until he'd pick up his pen and he had the chains jail. And there would be times a client could be in the back of the room and just get a phone call with their boss, for example. And they would just start venting to me about the struggles and stresses of their days. You could tell they just all send on things in life and work, whatever. And Magnus, without being told, just get yeah. up. You know, walk to the back of the room, sit right next to them. And as they're just venting, they would start kidding, not even really realizing he's there. And you could just, again, see them just start calming down. And they would just look and say, Magnus, thank you. That was great. You know, he didn't really do anything. But for him, that's what he does. He just knows how to just relax it. So it just seemed like a perfect set. He really did.
0: Oh, such a good boy.
1: <laughs> He's the best.
0: <laughs> good luck I, I love that. What types of places do you two volunteer together?
1: So we've gone to a lot of different places. We focus mainly on hospitals. And the hospitals, we did it. mostly children and adults who are terminally critically ill. That's where we do the most of our work. And then we also visit patients who travel ICU, And then, of course, the greetings, families and friends who are there. And then we moved around with the hospital staff, nurses, stations, the doctors. And that's where we do the majority of our work. We've also gone to schools for children with emotional issues and learning disabilities. We've gone to some nursery homes. We've done community crisis centers where there are children who are in foster care and they've been, unfortunately, physically, sexually abused, emotionally abused, and they just need that comfort. Something different than maybe, you know, the traditional avenues. Because even when we go to hospitals, it's interesting because they are just so happy and patients to see anybody but a doctor. You know, like the nurses and the doctors, they're fantastic. Medical community is amazing. They're like the heroes. But when you're a patient, and I even know it's now because I'm just in the hospital, sometimes you don't want to talk to a doctor anymore. You don't want to talk about what your condition is or how are you feeling or what hurts and what aches. Sometimes you just want to talk to a person be treated like a human being, you know, and... The way they just open up and they light up, I mean, I have a million stories, it's just people. They just open up to him in a totally different way. And it makes me want to cry. It's beautiful to see what he does and how he makes up and a smile. It really does.
0: Yeah. Is there one of those stories that really stands out to you as an example of why you enjoy this work? Yeah.
1: Actually, even the first visit we went on, we went to the hospital. I didn't know what section of the hospital they were sitting in, to be honest. I didn't know if we were just visiting people who just broke an arm or had a cold. I had no clip. And when you go to the hospitals. The hospital has to get waivers from each patient. I can't just roam free. You go to a certain section that day, tell you to go to, and it's all planned in advance. You can't just wander into a patient's room and maybe they're allergic or afraid of dogs. I got there and they didn't have the paperwork signed out yet. So there was an elderly woman, maybe in her eighties, and she was signing the waiver for her sister. And as we're walking to the room, she we said, well, you know, my sister, she has stage four cancer." They told us the she four days to live, and she hasn't smiled in my So this is one of am being briefed on as I'm walking into the room. I had no concept or preconceived anything of what or who I was. It. So, I walk in, stay with them for as long as we can. And then as we're leaving, the sister walked us out. And she said, I, I just want you know, I haven't seen my sister smile in a week. She said, thank you so much. And it's heartbreaking because that may be like the last time this woman smiles because she was told she basically has days to live. You know, so it's moments like that I realize this is why we do what we do because, as you know, this is volunteer work. This is not a paid game. Just do it as a way to give back, pay forward, and just to brighten people's day. You know, because people need it. So many people now are struggling. Mental health, health is huge. Physical health is huge. and It's not really spoken about enough. Now it's being spoken about more, but... It just gives them something to be happy about. even for a brief moment or just a distraction, whatever's going on at that moment or that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And during COVID, you actually took your daytime skills of visual effects and started combining them with therapy dog work to really bring Magnus' reach online. How did you come up with that idea and how have you really seen it help people?
1: You know, it really happened by accident. So before COVID, we were doing in-person visits. And of course, like everything else in the world, my job as a visual effects artist was shut down, in-person visits were shut down. So like everyone else, I was just home. My wife and two daughters. And we just almost as a goof said, you know what, let's just start an Instagram account. Back then, no one was really doing videos so much. You, don't, you don't know, real. started posting some pictures and we did post one video of Magnus and I worked me out that just blew up. It was on like ESPN, Good Morning America. I had friends in Europe who said, I think I saw you and your dog on TV. And I was thinking, what? You know? And it just kind of took off on its own. It was never planned. And then the two TV daughters just said, Dad, you have to go on TikTok. I said, I'm not going on TikTok. I don't dance. Not my gym. You know, it's that. And they convinced me slowly in that one. Like TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, Pinterest. But I can see sticking channels. During COVID, it was what we kind of considered virtual. We couldn't do the impression, so this was a way of still giving back and paying it forward. And we would get DMs, and we still it from people all over the world, saying maybe they're depressed, so I'm forcing someone sick or ill, or they lost a job, or something a bad day. You know, when they say they look forward to our account, what we do is our content is all just lighthearted, funny, just to make you smile and laugh. Nothing's serious, nothing's political. It's really just meant to make you smile. And these people from all over the world say that, to. Does exactly that, just taking the break and then look forward to whatever we post every day. So now the COVID's over, we still want to continue because now I get to reach so many people. It's great. I still do the in-person because now we're back doing in-person visits, which is amazing. So we're still continuing that, but now we can do both virtually and in-person. So it's the perfect combination. I love that.
0: There's a few requests to see Magnus again. I don't know if really? hanging yeah. out with you. you no, know, he Ma- wanted to get the view set up so that we could see him the whole time, but I know. You know, like, the rules.
1: <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to figure out how to do that. And if it wasn't the fact that Instagram made us use iPhone or iPad, yeah, if I could do my desktop, I've done that with other interviews where I set him up on the couch, but it's a little harder. Yeah, so, yeah I, I like
0: totally a
1: excellent mapper. Really I can is. see that. <laughs> I get the best rest with him. Like he just, you feel your blood pressure just up. It
0: probably couple, really does. You no,
1: know it does, and he's so cuddly. And he really is the coziest guy. And in our house, he will find the coziest, softest spot in any room. It doesn't matter where he is.
0: <laughs> so you know, if the spot is Maggie's approved, it's a good spot to hang out. <laughs> I love that. Brian, lately, Magnus has been helping you as a service animal. How but, has that transition been for the two of you?
1: Yeah. So now right. he has two jobs, well, three. So he's pet, and he's a therapy dog, and he's also now my service dog. I have a seizure disorder. So during COVID, the help of the Department of disability and my treating specialist, he also became my service dog. He's a bunch of different things he does to so help facilitate me that medication didn't or couldn't perform properly to help with my condition. Unfortunately, recently, I was in hospital. Apparently, now I have some heart condition that I wasn't aware of before. Predisposed, I guess. A lot of people in my family apart attacks on heart disease. So I was in hospital for three days. And because he's a service officer, he was allowed to stay with me. And again, it's like he just goes into this mode where he made a horrible situation better. And like way more tolerant. Because my daughter stayed with me during the visitation hours. But even though I think it's, I forget nine to nine. They would do all the walks instead of for me because I wasn't allowed to leave. And the hospital even let them come before and after visitation hours to make sure he got any extra walks you know required. But when they leave, it's very cold I don't mean, know, temperature wise, it's very like it's several you're in a hospital room by yourself. And to have him there with me was just I mean a blessing doesn't properly describe how grateful I am and how appreciative I am that he was there. Because otherwise you just there by himself and being in a hospital reminded me why it's so important to go on a visit. Because now I was back on the other side. As a kid, I was in the hospital a lot, which was always my motivation to visit any hospitals and particularly kids, because I remember how I hated it. Even now, I go into the hospital and, you know, like certain songs remind me of a certain time in your life. Mm-hmm. From being in a hospital as a kid, I walk into a hospital and just the smell of a hospital reminded me of that time in my life that wasn't a good time. Yeah. So he just makes it better. He really does. And I'm forever grateful for this guy. I really.
0: That's awesome. I'm really glad that he was able to be there for you. I can definitely relate to associating the hospital with memories that are not great.
1: And he even actually helped the staff because the nurses, they would say, I pet him, can we say hi to the dog? I'm going to say, of course. And, you know, they're working like these late hours and long shifts and they're tired. And then it just even puts a smile on their face, Yeah, which is great to see.
0: It's really great. Yeah. Is it easy for him to switch back and forth between service dog and therapy dog, or how does he know who he needs to focus on when? It's
1: amazing that he learned really quickly when he has to wear what hat. So he knows when he's in therapy dog mode, he's like the mayor. He greets everybody, says hi to everybody. He knows he can just kind of you know bounce around. And when he's at home, someone comes in, he shows him a toy. It's a toy and shows. Them. So when he's on a therapy visit. He'll grab his leash. i still holding one end, but he grabs the leash to show them something. It's almost like he wants to show you a guest of some kind. But he very quickly knows when we're in service on mode, he knows just lot lock on me. I've had videos where I've traveled mm-hmm. and we could be at John F. Kennedy Airport. If you don't know, it's a huge international airport in New York City, monster airport. We've traveled during some of the busiest times of the year on Colony time. Where it's a zoo. It's just a sea of people and he will just stand right by my side looking right up at me like he's at the ground just looking right up at me. We've gone through Security Checkpoint and because of the metal they make me take off his collar and his leash, I have to walk through first and he sits there alone. And he just blocks out everything. He just seems to know when to do what. Of course I'm driving the bus and telling him, you No, know, look at me and focus on me or go oh, hey, go say hi to that person. It's okay. But he reads the body language also, which is amazing. He's smart on like a whole nother level. He really
0: is. Yeah. yeah. I love that. He was career changed, correct, when you first got him? Yeah. Was he pretty much already trained when he came to you? Or what was your training process like?
1: Well, it's interesting. So he was a release song. He was supposed to be a guy didn't work out. He's my second dog from that program, and my cousins have one from the same program. My neighbor does, and the reason I see him is amazing program, incredible program. But they give you a sheet of what the dog basically meant. It's a down, come, heel. Okay. And... Extremely socialized. When I got him, he might as well have been an eight week old pumpkin. I'm sure he listened to the people who, you know, during the initial work, but yeah. he's supposedly housebroken, but he peed in my house twice. I would say sit, he'd walk away. I would say stay, you know, just testing out the commands. he supposedly, you know, if he had a middle finger, he might have <laughs> given it to me. We would go for a walk. It wasn't, even, at least for me, restraining because he needed to do one of two things either style protest spoil out and just say i'm not moving he's 80 pounds of muscle if he doesn't want to move he's not going anywhere or he would pull you to every blade of grass or light post or what have you so i actually when i adopted plan for this i took up three months of work just to like start with back to the basics again as if he was a puppy start with the foundation start with that bond that connection redo like all the basic commands and now i work with whole bunch of tricks. And we you know like 40-something commands. and So, I mean, it's a lot of work and it's a labor of love, but you, know, you get out of what you put into it. And he's amazing.
0: So do those cues, those tricks that he knows, do they inspire your videos or do you teach him things when you get an idea for a video? Which way does it go?
1: The tricks always come first. Nothing I've taught him has been, oh, I should teach you this for... Okay. Like, either the things I've taught him are for practicality okay. yeah. or for just... He's so smart and it's important to me not only just physically stimulate him with like long walks and, and zoos and playtime, but also meant yeah. to make sure that he doesn't get bored. We also do nose work, which is another way just to kind of keep him excited about learning. He just loves to learn. So I'm always thinking, what can I teach him that's fun that he wants to do? We make our training sessions like play sessions. Mm-hmm. So I'm having fun, and he's having fun. So no one gets bored. And if something's like, oh, wow, that would actually be really, really fun using video, then it could always come after
0: yeah. What do you think his favorite trick is? I don't
1: know. I think it depends on where we are and what we're doing. I mean, there's so many. I like kiss, hugs, another one. But he kisses, you see our face. <laughs> he's always cute because he's a dog. You know, you see dogs like this.
0: Yeah. Does he have any that are particularly useful when you go on therapy visits?
1: As far as useless touches, one is a lot of time, especially in the hospital, people are attached to you know, machines and wires and connected to things. So they usually can't get out of the room. Yeah. Sometimes the most they could do is if they're like, you know, they can just a little bit. Oh, so I have a touch to me and I end up basically, wherever I hold my hand, this is always will touch me. So I can get him super close to where they are. And he's very good at me pointing to where I want him to go. You know, like a very tight. Radius like a point where I want him. I also something cool, face where he lays his face on whatever I point to. So he can lay his face right on the edge of the bed so people can kind of stand and play with his ears. So that's actually very practical for the visits. Also, one thing he knows is close, which is when I'm standing, he'll actually sit right between my legs, which is good for like being on the elevator. So he takes up a very small footprints, yeah. things like that I did on visits also.
0: That's great. Does he wear like a specific bandana or a vest or anything like that for either therapy work or service dog work?
1: For therapy work, has, so the organization has, I use the bandana. I think the may also have a vest. I forget I chose the bandana because that's what he preferred. And we both have and badges and stuff that we have to wear Yeah. for the service work. I have a vest, but he doesn't love the vest. And legally, service dogs don't have to wear the vest. Right. I used to wear it whenever we were in a place where he's doing service work. But then I noticed people just ignore it. I could be sitting there and it says, big, bold letters, service dog. People are still looking at you, going, Come
0: here, buddy. Come here, buddy.
1: It's clearly working and just people ignore it. So yeah. that's why I don't even really bother with the vest anymore. you yeah. know?
0: Do you get recognized a lot walking around with him?
1: You know, it's funny. We have, and it's always, what's the right it is, extremely humbling. And it shocks me every time. Like, I think last summer, Hey, you some of you for last, we did a five-week cross country road trip with my whole family. This week. We went to like 20-something states, We drove In about eight states, we randomly recognized. We were in Texas, and this older woman comes up to my young store and says, excuse me, I think, are you on YouTube? I think I see you on YouTube. Aww. And in Chicago woman, like, walk minus. excuse me. She's like, is that Magnus? And then her on a go playing. Someone just recognized me recently in my doctor's office. I was online to give for my newest heart situation. And a woman in the lab saying, excuse me, is that Magnus? It's always great. We love it. And we always encourage people to recognize us. Please come up and say hi, come and meet Magnus. You love chat with them. That's why we do this, to meet people and just make them smile. So whatever.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a testament to how many lives you're touching. Just the fact that you're recognized in those places when you travel. And in
1: yeah. a yeah, very home yeah. really is.
0: Yeah. What do you think Magnus' favorite part of volunteering is?
1: I think he likes being around people. Like That's always what he enjoys most. He really likes meeting people. And you can see, and he feeds off of the people. Like, you know how dogs in general, they can tell who's a dog person. Magnus is no exception. So the more excited they to see him, he'll match that energy. Don't just care if he has butt shitting, his tail the whole deal. So he loves being around people, loves meeting kids, grown-ups, whatever. He doesn't discriminate. He just loves meeting people. Like, even walking down the hallway to the hospital, people say, I bet your dog?" He gets all excited and, you know, gets tears pink bags and wear his tail. Yeah. He just it's, likes social like, He's definitely a social boyfriend.
0: I love that. Well, it sounds like he found the perfect home for himself, then. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: <love
0: you. laughs> There's a couple of questions here. Jared wanted to know how you get Magnus to lie on his back for some of the videos. Is that something that he just does? You
1: mean when his mouth is open and he's pissed out? Um, I'm not
0: sure if he's talking about that or just... I know you have so many videos where he just acts like a person.
1: He's incredibly atomic. We have this strong level of trust. He knows whatever I do with him, for him, to him. I always have the best intentions in mind. I will never hurt him. There are videos that this is what I mean, where he's passed out and his mouth is wide open. And you see, like, all the teeth and his eyes are closed and he's actually snoring. <laughs> I could rub him to sleep in any position. I could lay him on his back like a baby. And, like, you know, babies kind of rub their eyes and he will just start snoring full and He really will. Like, some of these videos, some people say, oh, it's safe. He didn't just find him like that. I could run to sleep and leave the room and come back a later and he will still be sound asleep snoring. With his mouth wide open.
0: He knows he's safe. <laughs> yeah,
1: he gets so comfortable and he's like, all right, I'll take <laughs> a right mm-hmm. here. This is fun. He's comes... the
0: king of Naps. <laughs> he really
1: is. Special leopard.
0: Well, that's great. Someone else asked how old he is, but I believe you said he's seven, correct? He's 27. Okay. okay. Very cool. Is it a
1: golden birthday? Is it on the surface? Yeah. 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 It's it's a a a birthday a golden birthday. Right?
0: Golden birthday. Yep, it's a big one. <laughs> That's awesome. I hope you find something really creative to celebrate. I know.
1: Shout out. Uh, last year we did something huge, so I've got to top that one out.
0: That's the problem with doing something huge is you always feel like you have to top it. Yeah, feel
1: like, yeah I'm just saying to like one-up and one-up it. Yeah.
0: yeah so I, God, I like
1: the challenge.
0: <laughs> Brian, do you have any advice for someone who's interested in getting started as a therapy dog team?
1: Yeah, I do, actually. So I could tell you the way our program works. I'm assuming a lot of them are pretty similar. Before you even get into an area where you want to actually go to a the therapeutic organization try and try to get certified in, in their course enrollment, to be honest, Magnus already had to have been perfectly well-trained, like socialized, obedience-trained, he wasn't allowed to like jump up on people, bark unless there's a reason, like maybe command or to alert you of something, has to walk nicely on his leash. Because when we decided to do this, the way they evaluated us was they had the suture We had to meet her in a pet store, and when they first told me this, I'm thinking that's extremely random. Okay, if anyone has a dog, we realize that is distraction overload. It's super hard to have your dog listen in a pet store where there's you know open treats and chew to and tennis balls and probably other dogs and depending on the pet store maybe cats and rabbits and birds and people and you know dogs getting a bath and what have you. So in that environment, he had to do like sit down, walk on leash. They would throw treats on the floor. He had to walk past it because leash is another huge one that you have to teach a dog. Totally separate for soccer work. That was like probably the first leash to teach dog just for safety reasons. But then they also, they kind of manned him, touch him all over, make sure he's comfortable with strangers touching him. And then they also took out like the walker and a cane and things that you'll find in maybe nursing home or. You know, hospital setting because some dogs get freaked out very easily. So that's just to get in my case, just to get into the program, and then it was a six-week program. It's not an obedience class. I'm not teaching you commands of any kind. I'm teaching you how to interact and how to behave and visit. What's expected of you? What's expected of a dog? So, for example, whenever you meet someone in what's called traditional life, you say, "Hi, how are you?" If I know I'm walking into a room and someone has stage four cancer and like the first example I gave you and they said she's 4 days slith I'm probably not going to say how are you it's not really appropriate or if I know people visiting a terminal when I leave I don't say I'll see you next week because it's very sad to say they may not be around next week so you have to really overthink depending on you know where you're doing your visits what you can and can say because you don't want to trigger anybody you don't want to anybody. So it's a lot of that in the teaching, like, you know, proper etiquette in an elevator. So if you want to just definitely start with the basics, make sure, like I said, I'm like your obedience is tight. Leash walking is great. They don't jump up on people. They don't bark unnecessarily. So those are things, you can leave it. Those are things that are really important. People don't realize this. Any dog breed, any size, any age, you could be, you know, a rissy, you could be a Kirby, you could be a tiny dog, be a big dog. It, just, it doesn't matter. for the therapy work. It really does
0: yeah thank you for sharing that there's so many people in the comments that said you sound so much better you look so much better and they're so glad that oh, Mike thank has you through that experience.
1: yeah and i'm still, still not out of the woods but we're hopefully moving more, more positive direction
0: <laughs> awesome
1: don't no, uh, no keep everyone
0: posted uh, yeah yeah there's also a request from another seven-year-old pup asking if Magnus wants to be her girlfriend or boyfriend, rather. <laughs> I don't know if he's in the market, but just so you know, there's some offers up And hey, that's funny. He
1: actually does have a girlfriend. Oh. She'd been a bunch of her, you know, Stevie. You know, the old lab lives around the corner. And she's the year older, so I guess he likes the older ladies. <laughs> they are so cute. We've watched her. And she's had overnight visits, like sleepovers, and they're just two peas in a pup. They're so insane. They just have a perfect balance of like wearing each other out and then just like, you know, relaxing. They nap together And that It's so cute. Uh, really well,
0: cute. sorry, Bubbles. It sounds like Magnus is off the market. But he's not Barry's.
1: So, you know, you never know.
0: You never know. Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here?
1: I would just say, I mean, it's so rewarding in terms of therapy work specifically. If you can do it, if you think you dog always capable of doing it, you have the time, because also you don't have to have, with most organizations, a set schedule, like since it is volunteer work, I work full time. I work seven days a week. Actually, I fit it in with my schedule. So don't think that, oh, if you can't commit to every Friday, you can't do therapy work. It's very flexible and it's so rewarding. Just Again, what you're giving back to these people. It's really you can't measure it. So if you have the time and the ability, I would simply know it.
0: Awesome, thank you. And if people want to continue to follow you, they can find you at Magnus the Therapy Dog, and also you have a website, correct?
1: MagnusTherapyDog.com. Very yeah. Easy. Okay.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian. People may revolt if you don't end with showing us Magnus again. Just like a lot of requests still in the comments. <laughs> Oh, he switched sides there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> good boy. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, and thank you, Magnus, and thank you for all the work you two are doing together. Of
1: course. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Of course. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.